Now, now this is what I'm going to start getting into, and this is where I really want you to have more of an open mind. There are some teachings among some people who, who study New Age or just people of other faiths that I believe they understand healing better than Christians. Okay? I'm, just, I'm willing to admit that. Okay? You know what they're good at? They're, un, they're good at understanding positive thinking. And they're very good at visualization. Now, when it comes to healing, Christians, it's okay for Christians to do visualization. What do I mean? Just visualizing, imagining something, daydreaming. You know, when you're a kid, you do it all the time. But when you get older and more logical, we're told, stop daydreaming, wake up. <laughs> but did you know there's something very powerful about daydreaming? Even athletes do a little bit of visualization. They, they imagine themselves winning the championship. Now, is visualization biblical? Yeah. It is. You can visualize. And this is one of the key things that I've seen to help people really believe. What, what do I mean? Okay. So here's what I'm talking about. There are some things if you study, that's why it's good to study other faiths. Okay. I look at these other religions. I look at, it, at these other worldviews, if you don't want to call it a religion. And they have things that are, that are not called Christian, but it is. Then there are some things that I see in the Christian world, especially in Western Christianity, that's called Christian, and it's not. <laughs> they talk about God being angry and judgmental and going to put a tsunami on you. So you see, there's, it's weird. It's just, it's just the language, right? But the concepts that you see in other religions, they're biblical, very biblical. In fact, some people even, they even quote Jesus Christ and these non-Christian teachings and books. And I'm going to be even talking about science, the way science even works and, and is connected to healing somehow, that it even verifies the teachings of the Bible. Now, for example, I want you to understand that, did you know your thoughts are very, very powerful? Very, very powerful. Did you know that an affirmative or a positive thought is 100 times more powerful than a negative thought? It really is. Now, did you know that you do get what you believe? Your, your body and your life is a product of what you believe. Really. And it sounds crazy, okay? Now, if you look at Proverbs 19, I don't know if you want to turn there, it talks about that life and death is found in the power of the tongue. There's power there. But I don't just leave it there. But in some sense, words are very important, okay, for everything. When you say stuff like, oh, I'm getting old, my memory is going to go bad. Ah, I forgot, it's okay, I'm getting old. Guess what you're doing? You're speaking your future. <laughs> your, your memory is going to get worse. Ah, oh, it's okay, I'm getting arthritis. Ah, oh, I don't want to get old because of all the arthritis. Okay, that's what you get. You get what you believe. You get what, I'm not joking here, okay? I'm not joking here. That's why we have to be very careful. I'm telling you, there's a, there's a correlation and a connection with what, how our body responds to what we think in our heads. That's why I told you many people who suffer sicknesses, it starts here. They get depressed, stress, anxiety. Then they start getting a cough. Oh, that's hard, right? All of a sudden, you wake up in the morning. You bang your toe on the, on the drawer. Ah! Start off with a bad day right after that. Oh, I hate this day. Another thing bad happens. Then another thing bad happens. And then it just, it just snowballs. Oh, this day sucks. You spoke it. And you thought it. Really. You know how you can change a negative thought? Positive thought. Like I tell people, are you feeling down? Think of your baby smiling. All of a sudden you're like, hmm. Your spirit changes. Because there's something more powerful about a positive and affirmative thought. Our thoughts matter. 
our words matter. Even in Romans chapter 4, God calls those things that are not as though they were. That's interesting. He calls those things that are not as though they were. So you look at a sick person, he's sick. But in God's eyes, if you have genuine faith, faith sees the end result from the beginning. I see you healed. I see you healed. Now let me say, now if there's some of you, I don't know if you're trying to have a baby. I don't know. Okay? Let's just say you're struggling with that. Here's how visualization can help. Let's just say you say, I, I, I don't really believe anymore. It's hard. I want you to visualize you getting pregnant. If I told this to a woman, I want you to visualize you holding your baby. And I can just imagine as you're visualizing, you're starting to smile because you can actually feel it as if it's so real. And I'm telling you, that's faith. That's when that's real, genuine faith, when you feel that feeling. That's true belief. So when I tell people you need to believe, I need to qualify it because a lot of people still think, yeah, okay, I need to believe, but they still think it's always up here. I can even tell you, believe in your heart, and people still don't get it. I'm telling you, you know what you believe is when you could actually feel it. That's how you know how real it is, that it's already done. Is this making sense? Okay. Now, this is going to sound kind of funky. Okay? This, is, this is science here, though. But we've, we've been learning through recent decades okay, that when it comes to science and spirituality, there's a, there's a connection there. Okay? I don't know if you've looked into this stuff. But there is something called like quantum physics and quantum energy and all these types of things. Okay? Are you learning this stuff? Okay? And so this is very interesting because we've been, what we've been learning, what they've discovered is that basically is that there is no such thing as empty space. What do I mean? Now, be, between us, hey, there's a huge gap. Really? Is there a huge gap? And there's a gap there, there's a gap there, gap there, gap there, gap there. You could take a particle. There's another particle here. A lot of people back in the day would think there's space in between these two particles. But what people have discovered now is that there's no such thing as empty space. You know what's in between those two particles? Energy. Energy. Now, quantum energy comes in two different forms. It could come in particles in a visible form, or it could come in invisible form or invisible wave. You see that? So between us, there is a connection somehow. Now, there is a, there is a study or an experiment done by a Japanese guy named Emoto, right, who did that water experiment. So some of us know that already. Okay, should I share it? Okay. So basically what he did is that he wanted to see how human consciousness affects uh, structure of water, right? When you freeze the water, right? He wanted to see the aesthetics of it, the beauty of it, of what it does, what happens when you put water in a glass container. You would expose it to human emotions, to consciousness. You would expose it with particular words. And all of a sudden, you would freeze it. And when you look at the end result, it would form a certain type of structure based upon what you were feeling or based upon the words that you would put. So, for example, some of them would put words like thank you, love, happiness, etc. All the nice words, right? Then when you look at the result of this structure, of this water structure, the crystals form a perfect, there was a perfect hexagonal structure where basically it looked like a beautiful snowflake. When you expose it to nice music or words or, or prayer, right? And then they put words like death. Uh, I don't know if it was um, anger and things like that, right? Just all negative. Then what happened? It was chaotic. When they froze the water, the structure was so chaotic. It was so out of whack, right? 
Now, if you could think that human consciousness and words can affect water, what is our body mostly made of? Water. Right? They say 70 or 80% water. So when you speak to your body, I'm strong. I'm healthy. I'm vigorous. I'm youthful. My vision is strong. My health is strong. Heart, you're strong. Amen. Right? You're speaking your body to manifest what you believe. Now, if you're just like, that's why I'm telling you, those who just start talking, let's just say someone gets sick, and you, we know these people, all they talk about is their sickness. Oh my gosh, I feel so sick, can you please pray for me? They go to the next person. All they do is they're focusing on the negative, then guess what happens? They stay sick. They stay sick. Whatever you focus on, that's what you're going to get. Right? I'm not saying be delusional. Okay? I'm not saying lie to yourself. I'm saying believe the truth. The fact is, you're sick. The truth is, you're healed. You're healed. The fact is, you think you're not saved. The truth is, you're saved. <laughs> right? You see that? It works the same way with healing. Right? Our words really matter. I'm telling you. Gratitude helps too. When you start thanking God for just, thank you Lord for my health. I could walk. I could eat the food. There, there's something about that that just attracts more goodness to you, right? There's something about that, right? When you're appreciative with the little things, right? But I would be very careful, like I said, with the things that we say. Oh my gosh. Oh man, life is so bad. It's so hard. Really? Well, good luck. It's not going to get any better if you keep thinking that way and if you keep speaking that way. Oh, we're just, uh, I'm, all, I'm always fighting with my husband. Okay. You get what you believe. <laughs> right? Or if we say words like this, every time I pray for the sick, they never get better. Okay, don't expect any results. Don't. No, really. You get what you believe. You could be more realistic and say, you know, so far I pray for people, they haven't gotten better so far. But I'm believing they're going to get better. Amen. Right? Your words matter. I'm telling you, when you believe positive, you're more joyful, <laughs> you're more happy, you're more healthy. An emotional, a healthy emotional person up here is not going to have a, a messed up body. They're not. I'm telling you, negative, negative thoughts will start to degrade the body. That's just the way it works. You know, there was a woman that was diagnosed with cancer. No chemotherapy, no radiation. What she did is that she literally said every day, thank you for my healing. And she told herself, she literally told herself that she lived in such of a way where she did not even believe that she had cancer anymore. But what she did is that to keep her mind distracted, from negative thinking, she just watched funny movies. What's the greatest medicine, they say? Laughter. Laughter. When you're having a cheerful spirit, it affects your body, the makeup of your body, right? So we have this energy field, okay? There's, there's this energy that we have that what you believe does affect your surroundings. That, well, that's why when someone walks in a room, you can just get that vibe, like, ooh, what's wrong with him? Right? You, you just feel it. There's also something called resonance where there's this exchange of energy. For example, you take two guitars. One guitar is there, one guitar is there. This is so interesting, if this is true. If you pluck a particular string of the guitar, the same guitar from the opposite side of the room that you did not even pluck will start to vibrate. There's a shared vibration. What is that called? Resonance. Because there's this exchange of vibration that's going on. How does this work? It's the same way we tune into a radio. We tune into our favorite channel. It's when your husband or your wife looks at you and says, I love you. There's that, there's that whoa, there's that connection that goes on. Folks, this is scientific. 
<laughs> right? So this is not just spirituality. That they, this has been proving that within this understanding of the shared, we are bathed in this energy field. That basically you can look at your hand and you say, it's physical. But if you dissect it close enough, it's just energy. It sounds weird, right? But this is science, right? This is called quantum energy. And so if we could get the science people are even getting that now. That what you believe affects it in the now. Now, let me tell you what true faith is. True faith is not just the thought, okay? Because I've heard people take just their thought and they use words. Where I meet a lot of Christians. They would have all their favorite Bible verses about prosperity. And they would put it on their mirror in the bathroom. All their verses about health and being strong, they'd put it on their computer screen, you know. And every day they would declare, I am healthy, I am strong, and God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. But they're always broke and they're always sick. Why is that? Now, what people have discovered is that even though these people have the thought, I'm rich, I'm prosperous, I'm healthy, I'm strong. They even said the words. You know what they were lacking? The emotions, the feelings, fueling all those things. You see that? Now the Bible says that by his stripes you are healed. That's Isaiah 53, Old Covenant. New Covenant, 1 Peter 2.24. By his stripes you were. Past tense. Now let me give you something that's very challenging. Okay? If you are going to say, oh, I believe in healing. One day God's going to heal me. I believe it. God will heal me one day. Guess what's going to happen? That is one of the most strongest statements of unbelief. One day, God's going to heal me. Why? Because it's never now. It's always future. You're never going to get it. And you will probably not get healed unless someone has faith for you and heals you. Really, that's just the way it works. right? Or you have faith for yourself, but really, you're not believing now. You're believing it's future. One day, one day, one day, God will provide. The new covenant is basically past tense. You have been reconciled. You will not be reconciled. <laughs> you were forgiven. You were adopted. You were included. You were healed. Right? Mark eleven twenty four says that when you pray, believe that you received it. It'll be yours. It'll be yours. Believe that you received it. It doesn't say you'll receive it one day. No, believe that you received it. What, it, what does that mean? Feel the feeling. It's mine. And live in such of a way where you believe it's now. What do I mean? I could encourage anybody and say, okay, you trust God with your finances, right? All right, oh, I believe God's, oh, I've got it. With Christ, every blessing is in Christ. I'm prosperous. He will meet all, all my needs, blah, blah, blah. They have the words and they have the thought. They have the Bible verses in their head. But what do they do? They're stingy. Why? We won't have enough food for tomorrow. Or, hey, you want to hang out with us? I can't. I have to pay the bills. Sorry if I'm stepping on toes, Okay. I'm just being realistic here. I'm just being realistic here. Okay? But imagine, remember, what I like about this way I'm teaching faith now, where you're not just saying believe from the heart, because even when you say believe from the heart, it's still ambiguous. You're still not sure what that means. But when you feel the feeling, like when you're holding that baby, oh my gosh, it's like I could feel like I'm, the baby's in my arms. Like I, I, I'm, I'm going to have a baby. There's something about that. When you believe that it's already a completed outcome, that it's already done, that's faith. That's why when you know someone who understands God's provision, when it's already done, when you have a little bit of money in your bank account, and someone says, hey, let's hang out and watch a movie, but you got to pay bills, what can you say? Let's watch the movie. 
Let's watch. I'm going to enjoy myself. God's taking care of all my needs. Lord, thank you that my bill is paid. I'm not going to say, Lord, thank you that you're going to pay for my bill in the future. Lord, thank you that it's already paid. Now, let me share about George Mueller. George Mueller is called a man of faith. If you know his story, he was a man who took care of hundreds of orphans, right? He could have been a successful minister, but he decided to take care of orphans. And he decided not to ask for money. You know, see how powerful this is? Now, some will say, that's stupid. No, but he wanted to believe that God provides all his needs. Now, here he is. This is he has many stories like this, but there's one famous one. 300 kids along this table, this, this table with plates, empty cups, a knife, fork, and a spoon, right? That's it. No food. And there's this girl that was with them, and here's what George Mueller basically says. Watch and see what God will do. Watch. It's like he does healing. He's like he's very confident with God's provision, right? So he has no idea where it's going to come from. But here's all these kids getting ready to eat. They're standing behind their chairs in an empty plate. <laughs> then what he does, he just goes to the room. He says, Father, thank you for the food for these kids. Then what does he do? Smiles. Why? Because he already feels it in his heart. It's not just up here. He, knows, he even admitted, I don't even know how it's going to come. I don't even know how it's going to come to our orphanage, right? But it's done. What happens? Mr. Mueller, it was the baker. The baker says, last night, for some reason, I couldn't sleep. And at 2 o'clock in the morning, I decided to get up and to make you three batches of bread. Could you use some? Obviously. Yeah. Okay. So the kids got a bunch of bread. After that, okay, they got bread. What happened? Who's that? The milkman. Then what happens? Mr. Mueller, the wheel on my cart just broke. And... In order for me to fix it, i got to lighten the load. Can you use some cans of milk? Free of charge. These kids were full. You know the story of the loaves and the bread? Right, the, the, the bread and the fish? Oh man, it's what? what uh, five loaves of bread and two fish? 5,000 people, just the men, right? So it's probably a lot more than that, right? Then what happened after that? They had more than enough. In fact, they even have 12 basketfuls left over. You could have just gave each basket to a disciple, right? It's like, here you go. Sayang, right? Because God is not a God of enough. He's a God of abundance. If you have just enough, you can't give. Because you just take care of your needs. Now, this is where I could really say, this is really praise to God. When I was in the States, I made good money as a young pastor. I was making at least, what, 2005, almost? As a young pastor in my early 20s. That's a lot for a young minister you know, at that time. When I came here, I, I had no job, right? I'm just looking for a church that would hire me or something like that. My goal was to get hired because I don't know what else to do. I'm not a, I don't do business or anything like that. So what I thought in the beginning was, you know what? I'm going to sell my car. I have a brand new car. It's a Honda Civic, right? Um, it's 2005. And so what happened is that I said, I want to check my blue book price. How much is my car worth now? Still brand new condition, still perfect. It's worth 10,000 US dollars still. So I told my family, if I sell my car, $10,000, that's going to last me pretty long in the Philippines for a while, at least in the beginning. Actually, that'll last me for a while, right? When it's converted to pesos, right? But right before I left, it was in my heart, give your car to your sister. Because you know, my ate doesn't have a car. She's already in her mid-30s. And here I am, I have my own car, my Atta doesn't even have a car, so I felt bad. And 
God didn't say, give your car. It was just in my heart. Give your car to your sister and see how God will provide for you miraculously in the Philippines. That's my heart. I gave my car to my sister the month before I left, December. Right? I came in January. I said, Ate, I'll even pay for my car. I don't even know how. I don't even have a job, right? I go to the Philippines. Don't work. All I have is a website. You could donate to me or whoever, or speak engagement. In the beginning, I have no speaking engagements. I don't really know anybody, you know. I've lived here for three and a half years. No job. The car's paid off. I never asked anybody for money once. Not once. Was my faith stretched? Absolutely. <laughs> it's never been stretched this much in my entire life. I always tell people I have these amazing stories to share every month of how God has provided. But when you're in those moments, I'm just like you. We have our moments of struggle and doubt. But for the most part, God's grace is so big. He reminds me I'm going to be okay. Always paid. Uh, so I'm really blessed because what Remy has seen, she's, it's encouraged me because she's told me that she's never believed God like this until we, got, until we met. Because I told myself I will not live in fear. I will not. I don't care how much is in my bank account. I will not live in fear. Because that will drive the way you live. It'll, you know, you'll be so stingy, right? And I see many Christians, I can't do it. I can't, Josh. I don't have money. Wow, is this the Christian life? You know, it's supposed to be abundant. Money's not bad. It's not bad. It's not the root of all evil, okay? It's the love of money that is, right? There's nothing wrong. And there's many spiritual people who are broke and they are sick. To me, that doesn't look like spirituality. To me. Now, I'm not going to condemn them, but you and I know that there's something good when you're feeling healthy and when you have things. You're not attached to those things, right? So when those things are not there, you still have the love and the joy of God. But this world is there for us to enjoy. It's okay to eat well. And in fact, there were times when we would have challenges in our bank account, when I would see my bank account getting lower and lower, and I would intentionally treat us out to an expensive dinner. And then when I get home, money would come. Same day. Same day. And Remy would say, Josh, it's so crazy that the more you spend, just money just comes. And the mo notice the more that I just keep to my money because I got to pay my bill, I don't get anything. Remember, I don't ask anyone for money. The speaking engagements that I get here, the money I get, they don't pay a lot here in the Philippines, I'm just saying. You know? And it's okay, I don't ask for money. Remember, you even call it, I don't ask for anything. Right? You just give me whatever, right? But, but I need to live. But God is my source. So if you're not going to give me money through a speaking engagement, God will bring it to me somehow. Now, I have a story of just um, our wedding. Now, like, when we, I want us to have a wedding. I don't want to feel like, as a missionary, we have to be poor. Because I've heard so many stories from missionaries. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. And if you believe that, it will be a struggle. Who would want to be a missionary then? Diba? Right? So when, we, when, I, when this happened, I wanted us to have the wedding that both of us want. Of course, I'm pretty simple. But we, we got married in Tagaytay at Sonia's Garden. We had, it's nice, <laughs> right? And so we had, we put, we put a down payment for the, the uh, we reserved the location in Sonia's garden, but we didn't have the rest of the money. So our wedding's coming up, and what we're doing is that in faith, we're still going on with the wedding, even though we don't technically have the money in our bank account. The week of our wedding, you know, get this. I remember we're at Shangri-La Mall, 
and we're about to eat lunch and we're going down the elevator. And this is why I do love, appreciate Remy because I know pastors who tell me stories about how it's so hard that they're living by faith and their wife is complaining. You know, I'm not just blaming wives, but I'm just telling you stories, right? And I'm like, that. I feel for those pastors because I'm so thankful because Remy never complains. She believes with me, which encourages me, right? You need that as a man, right? You need that affirmation. The week of our wedding, right? We didn't, have, we didn't pay the rest of our reservation, our down payment, and all that stuff. And I remember we're going down the escalator at Shangri-La. I said, Remy, you know how much we have in our bank account right now? And our wedding is at the end of the week. BDO, Bengo de Oro. I have a little over a thousand plus, right? Pesos. 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 Only pesos. Video. Right? <laughs> I don't have the U.S. account, dollar account. My U.S. account, um, I think I only had a little bit too. Maybe it was like a hundred dollars or something. It, it wasn't even a lot, right? But Remy and I looked at each other, and it wasn't even fake. We were going down the escalator. We're like, we're gonna be okay. We're gonna have a good wedding. Why? Because if I could have a heart. For my wife and say I'm gonna give you a good wedding I think God's heart is just like that I will give you a good wedding the day before our wedding Friday what happens we received over 5,000 US dollars and it's from people we don't even know some of them we knew but some of them we didn't even know and I just wanted to cry I didn't cry but my eyes were getting water it's weird because of course you knew it would happen but it's amazing, right? And then the next day, you know, we, we did our wedding, we paid our bills, we got our savings, and we put it in. Our, we had a savings account, you know? So it was all this stuff, you know? And then, of course, that starts to drain over time. But we would continue to trust in God. And then I was getting into this whole Trinitarian theology that's really radical. I've lost some people because I preached the grace message. You know, so I lost some financial support from that. So, of course, you could either sugarcoat it because you want to keep your financial donators, right? the people that donate to you. And so that was somewhat, I'm not going to deny it, it popped up in my head. I was like, well, once I start preaching this, what's going to happen? <laughs> you know, it's like, well, the people keep supporting me. But I know, I know you're, you're ultimately my source, but it, it hurts a little bit, you know, that people just won't trust you anymore. I have a story just recently. This was last week. Last week, someone donated to our ministry $10. Am I going to complain? No. Big or small amount, it can go a long way, right? I'm always thankful. I even emailed this guy telling this guy, thank you very much for the $10. That actually means a lot to us, you know? So I just showed some appreciation. And I was wondering, maybe he might think back, say, hey, thanks for getting back to me, blah, blah. About a day or two, he emails me back and he says, Josh, I donated to your ministry because I heard your healing training stuff. But, but, then I heard your sermon called, Will the Real Gospel Please Stand Up? That's the Trinitarian stuff. I want my money back. You're a pervert. He says pervert. I think he meant perverter. You're a pervert of the gospel, and you're preaching a different gospel. And I'm here, I'm sorry for being so stern on you, but you need to come back. This is not the gospel. I, I got that in the morning. So for me, the $10 is not even an issue. Okay? But the thing is, it got to me a little bit because it just clicked in my head like, man, there's a price to pay <laughs> when you preach truth, right? So I told Remy, I said, Remy, I got this email this morning, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, you're, we'll be okay. We're okay. Then throughout the day, I tried not to let it get to me. So I was just like, I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm not going to depend upon people, right? In my heart, no, no joke, the whole day in my head, God, you're going to replace that more. 
I know it. It's already done. So I was feeling the feeling. Right? I don't, I'm not saying, you like that way? I like it though. Feeling the feeling. I'm not just saying believe. But I was feeling the feeling in my heart. I'm rich. I was just spending. I was even telling Remy, change your, let's change our language. Don't look at something expensive and say, I can't afford that. Right? I said, look at everything that you want and say, I can afford that. I can afford that. There's something that when you look at expensive things and you say, I can afford that, even if the money's not in your bank account, you feel rich. Because in reality, you are. Every blessing is found in Christ. Luke 15 says, the father tells his son, everything that I have is yours. Just because it's not in your bank account doesn't mean it's not there in the invisible realm, folks. It will get to you somehow, right? So here I am living out my day. I get home. The first email that I get, how much was the money that was donated to me that was refunded? $10. I got $200. First email that I opened up, and I just started to tear up again. Like, I knew it. God did it again. And folks, I could tell you story after story after story after story. We live by faith, everyone, everybody lives by faith. So I'm not trying to make myself seem superior. All I'm saying is that I've had some pretty challenging circumstances, probably like many of us have. And I'm telling you that you have everything. You're not going to get everything. You have everything in Christ. Whatever you need, you already have, but more so. When you think abundance, when you think perfect health, you will get what you believe. I'm telling you, God is such a generous God that He does not only give you what you need. If He only gave you what you need, are you like that with your children? No. You don't just give them just the right amount of food or just make Him wear the same shirt every single day. No, you will buy your children shirts that have designs. Do they need that? No. They don't need that. They don't need a cell phone. But why? Because you just love your children. Enough. Okay, just, yeah, I just want to buy you a toy. Do they need toys? No, you can just let them play with a rock. Right? Some kids, they play with little toys in the streets. I've seen it. But in the abundance of our own heart, for our love, for our own children, I sound like a dad, right? It's like, you just want to do it. Is, is our heart bigger than God? No. And then does God own everything? Yes. Everything that I have is your son and daughter. Believe it, it's yours. Now, feel the feeling that when you have this bill in the room, we, we've done this, don't expect always bills in your mailbox. Expect checks. I don't know how. Or even when you look at a, at a, at a bill, oh man, it's a thousand pesos. Add another zero there. And imagine that that's going to be your money in your bank account. Just feel the feeling. I'm not joking. Feel it. Saying, God, I thank you, God, that this bill, I have no idea how, I'm gonna, how it's going to be taken care of. But Lord, it's already paid. Thank you, Lord. Why? Because when you know what's already done, you're at peace. But when you're thinking of it as future, I hope you pay my bill on the 27th, you're not at peace because it's still not settled. But when it's already settled in your heart, it's done. And your circumstance will not imprison you to say, I can't do that. I can't buy that. I can't do that. I'm sick. I can't buy this. I'm too poor. You're rich. You're rich in Christ. He lets you enjoy good things. Our identity is not found in our material things. Okay, don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that's your identity, but there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. Every time I see my nephew, I like buying my nephew things. I'm not even a dad. But when I, I see my nephew, I treat him like he's my son. I just like, ah, let me buy you this toy. You know, He doesn't even ask. How much more, God? Right? If the love that we have in our heart 
is God's love. That's God. You're reflecting His heart, right? So I would speak blessings over your life, saying, I'm rich. I would encourage you not to say, we are in debt, we are in debt, we are in debt, we are in debt. You know what's going to keep happening? You're going to stay in debt. But if you keep speaking uh, 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 abundance, think abundance. Some people, you know Joseph Prince, what he did when he's younger? Joseph Prince was into this visualization stuff. He realized that he, he did New Age before, but he realized when he got out of New Age and became a believer, he realized that he can't throw the baby out with the bath water, meaning that just because some New Agers held to a visualization doesn't mean that everything that they believed was wrong. Just get rid of some things, but accept some things that are true, right? So what he did in his younger years is that he actually uh, wanted a Honda Prelude. That was a cool car. I've never seen a Honda Prelude here in the Philippines. That was my favorite car too before. So what he did is that he saw someone else have a Honda Prelude. He says, can I take a picture with me in your car? So he has this picture of him and someone else's Honda Prelude. And what he would do is that he would visualize it saying, this is mine. This is mine. Not too long after that, the money came in. He got the exact prelude that he wanted and he took the exact same photo with him and his real car and saw his old photo of him taking it with someone else's car. You get what you believe. That's why it's good to dream. Do you think it's bad? Do you, you know, you, you're not successful based upon how much you have, okay? You're already a success. But I'm telling you that the things that you do in your businesses, in your careers, will be fueled by the inner purpose of knowing who you are in Christ. That it's now filled with life. It's not filled in, oh man, my, my identity is found in those materials. It's found in my car. It's not. You should still be okay even if you don't have a car. But I'm telling you that if you, if you understand your purpose first and your identity first, that when you have that car that's nice or whatever, you'll know how to handle it with wisdom. <laughs> right? Or you'll learn how to handle your money with wisdom. Right? I'm telling you, there's a lot of people who are, they get this. A lot of the entrepreneurs, you know how they become rich? Visualize. If you read that book, um, what's that one, Napoleon Hill? Think and Grow Rich, it's the same thing. It's about being conscious of these things, being willing to know that what you see is so real. Folks, isn't it insane that you can see an airplane now? Isn't that weird? Who would have thought of that? Who would have thought of that? Who would have thought of the video camera when that didn't exist? One day I'm gonna create something where I can actually capture an image of someone. You'll say, you're crazy. He saw it already here. The one who invented the airplane, saw it here. The one who, who created the car, they saw it here. It had to start here. And when people tell you you're crazy, it's your passion that will drive you to see that it's gonna get done. It'll get done. Amen? Amen? Okay, I'm telling you, speak truth into your life that it's not just your thought, it's not just the words, but it's the feeling. It, I, I want to equate feeling with belief. It's the feeling that will fuel and allow your surroundings to mirror and manifest what you believe in here. I don't believe God created us just to work, just to make money and toil and struggle. Why can't I make money by doing the things that I love and that's by preaching the gospel, healing the sick, and knowing that while I do what I love, God is taking care of me. Why not? Why can't I think like that? Don't be driven by fear. Don't be driven by fear. right? And I'm telling you, God, the moment you trust, the moment you feel it now that it's already done, you'll see it somehow things will work and come into place. Things will work for you.
I'm telling you, when I first, before I even came here, I told you I didn't even know what I was doing. There was a millionaire that came, uh, asked me to come to his office in America because he heard me preach. And he said, Josh, come to my office. I want to talk to you. And he's like, I heard you want to be a missionary to the Philippines. And I'm just going to be honest. I assume that he's probably going to be one of my monthly supporters because I need monthly support, right? Then uh, I was just waiting for him maybe to say that. But next thing you know, he says, so what are you going to do there? I said, I honestly... I don't know what I'm going to do in the Philippines. So where are you going to live? I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know how I'm going to pay for such and such. I got you. It's like, what? I got you. What do you mean? He's like, I'm going to pay for your rent every month. Immediately. Immediately. <laughs> I was trying really hard because it caught me by surprise. I mean, there's sometimes you get monthly support. It's not a lot. But someone paying your rent, that's a lot. That's like 12,000 pesos. Yeah, that's like 300 bucks or something like that around there. This guy told me, he's like, I'll pay for it for at least a year. He paid for it for over three years. He just stopped paying a while. Oh, that's another testimony right here. See, there's all these stories. A couple months ago, uh, Remy does commercials. Ooh, I could promote that, okay? You can look at her new commercial. She has Dutch Mill. That's on TV right now. She's the hula hoop. There's a kid with the hula hoop. Okay, that's her. And she has a Globe commercial that just came out last week. Or whatever. Anyways, before that, she did a Kit Kat commercial two years ago, three years ago. So, anyways, uh, she, you know, she did a Kit Kat, but then for a long time, no more commercials. And she would, you mind if I share this, babe? And so she would go to these VTRs. Now, imagine when you go to a VTR, it's not nice all the time. It, it, it's like a lot of commuting, then you have to wait because there's all these people in line, and then you go in front of a camera for like two minutes. Tell me your name, blah, 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 your age, your bad, whatever, right? It's like very like, that's it, I came all the way here. So she would do that like every other day, like three times a week. And of course, when you commute and you're sweating and everything, MRT, LRT, it's just like you feel bad because like, oh man, she's not getting any commercials, you know? And finally she decided she just wanted to give up, you know? I don't want to do this anymore. This is not my thing anyways. I'd rather be behind a camera. She likes, she likes to shoot cameras. She doesn't like being in front. Next thing you know, there was one day where we were, we were, I was in a restaurant and she was at home. I get a text message saying, Josh, I got a commercial. And I didn't even audition. They just gave it to me. It's already been over a year. She hasn't had a commercial. She just stopped going to auditions because she just... They don't want to do it. And now someone just threw a commercial at her. She got it right away. I got this text message when I was at Mega Mall about three minutes later, three to five minutes later, or not even, something like that. I get an email saying that they're no longer going to support me for my rent. You know how much it was? The same amount. In fact, the amount was her amount that she was getting for her commercial was going to cover our rent, but more so. So I'm not even joking. Just a couple of minutes after, oh, wow, Remy got a free commercial. Praise God. Then I get an email, oh, my rent's going to stop. <laughs> you know, they're not going to pay for my rent anymore. So I just knew in my heart, it's like, okay, praise God, we have the rent paid for for this month, but I don't know how it's going to be paid for the next month. And then the next month, you know what's been happening lately? She got three commercials in just this past month. Two months? Two months. In this month alone, or last month, she got two, and the other month she got one. It's just throwing at her now. I don't know about you, but to me it's amazing because she's not even trying anymore. And this is what I understand about grace. It's effortless. 
that there's nothing wrong with working hard if you want to work hard, but if you're toiling and you're not enjoying it, that's probably not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to enjoy your life. And so it's just been so amazing just recently and how that's been, been throwing at her and it's kind of cool, you know, seeing her commercials. And um, I'm telling you, when, when you have this revelation of God's abundance in your, in your heart, when you're feeling that feeling like, no, I am rich. Thank you, Lord. Even if your bank account doesn't show it, okay? Be a giver. I'm telling you, there's just something amazing. Just treat somebody. Just treat them. Right? And what I love about Filipinos, even if you don't have a lot, you're very hospitable. That's what I love. But I would even encourage you, even if you feel like you're lacking at that moment, when you come to that place where you, you know in Christ, no, I'm going to be okay, let me bless this, just do it. Even if you don't know how you're going to pay for tomorrow's rent or food, it will come. That's how you'll be able to share these miraculous stories because it's not dependent upon a monthly paycheck. You know, like, it's easy when you have that monthly support, right, by your job or whatever. It's all good. Money's going to come at the end of the month. For me, I don't even know when it's going to come. I really don't. And for three and a half years, by the grace of God, that, this is how we've been living. Are we going to live like this when we go to the States? I don't even know because we don't even have jobs when we go to America. I'm just going to be preaching, speaking engagements. She might do some film stuff there. We'd work with people in photography. I don't know, but all that I know is that we're going to do what we love to do because this world is meant to be enjoyed, right? With the love of God in our hearts. Do what you love to do. God will take care of you. He will. He has supplied all of your needs. Every blessing is found in Christ, right? So when you pray, believe that you received it, it's already yours. For example, that guy that we prayed for at Mangamal the other day, I was going to give him everything in my wallet. That's all that I had. Because I knew somehow I was going to get it back somehow, God. I don't give to get. Okay, there's a difference. I don't want you to have this mentality. Man, I should just give because God's going to give me more. No, that's not my mentality. I'm giving knowing that God's going to return it because he's going to take care of me. But I give because out of the generosity of my own heart, right? But you don't be like, I want to be rich, so I'm going to give. <laughs> you know, it's not like that, right? But I knew in my heart, just, just give whatever you have. So whether it's, it's, it doesn't even have to be money. Um, you could just, I mean, we all have money somewhere. If it's not in your pocket, it's at home, right? You know, what we do, what Remy and I do sometimes, is that we, we intentionally, you know how they're street kids? All the time they, they sell those little things that they, whatever, I don't even know what they're called, right? Yeah, they look like flowers or whatever. Uh, we buy, now, I don't, honestly, I don't know what to do with these kids, you know, honestly. It's like, so, uh, what we do is that we buy snacks from Mega Mall, and I keep them in my backpack. And so every time I see these kids, I'm like, here you go. We, we, we joke around like it's Christmas. Hey, ho, 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 you know, like it's present. You just give, at least you're helping them for the day, right? There's no such thing as that you don't have anything. There's no such thing. You could always give your clothes. I give my clothes away to my friends. And I'm just like, come over to my house. I have a bunch of clothes I don't even need. And I just give them my clothes, you know. And uh, the other day, I just gave my friend a free book. It was an expensive book too, right? Because you just, you just want to give. I think it's good that when we, when we have the love of Christ, you could always give. Remember, it doesn't always have to be monetary gifts. It doesn't always have to be money, but it could be your time. It could be your food, whatever. I mean, love is love, right? You know, and if you don't have the money in your pocket and your friend needs money, you could believe for them and say, money will come somehow. Hold on. And then who knows, that person can get the money or money can come to you and be like, hey, here, here you go. Uh, months ago, last year, 
my friend was past due his rent for several months. I just gave him everything that was in my wallet. I didn't even, we couldn't even pay for anything that night. We just, our, our friend drove us home. But then money just kept coming. And what's good thing about Remy is that she never gets mad at me when I give my money away. But when I give my money away, I'm like, Remy, I just gave them all our money. She's like, okay, okay, it's okay. Because I know on how it feels. Like I said, I had moments where you feel tight with your money. You're thinking like, no, we have to save. We need to pay for the rent. We have to pay for that. And I remember I, 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 I hated those moments. I'm living in fear. And what does the Bible say in Matthew chapter 6? Do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Aren't you worth more than the birds of the air? And the lilies of the field that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed up like these. And Solomon was rich. <laughs> Solomon was rich. So not even Solomon. How much more are you if you're worth more than the birds? How much more are you that you're worth more than the lilies of the field? It's all a mindset, folks. If you believe that God will only give you enough, that's what you're going to get. Really. But if you speak abundance, number one, you're going to feel happy. I'm rich, praise God. Right? You're gonna sound crazy to some people, right? But when you feel it in your heart, you feel better, right? Not because you're just rich, but because you're taken care of well by the Father. Amen? It's so liberating, folks. Just trust. Trust, right? And live in such of a way where you have a, remember there's a thought, and there's a belief, and then there's action. You can't be like, yeah, I trust God, but nah, I'm not going to spend. I'll just go home. <laughs> you know, the action's not there, which proves you really don't believe. Really. It's like telling a crippled guy, get up and walk. But I'm crippled. But if you believe, get up and walk. Right? So he, if he really believes, he's going to try to walk. Because true faith, according to James, is going to be expressed through action. In Christ, there's no spirit of fear. Perfect love drives it out. You know, there's something about, I was telling this to Remy just yesterday, I think. It's about living in the now and not about the future. All right, what's my purpose? Your purpose is not to become a successful entrepreneur or a businessman. Your purpose is not to be a successful pastor. Like I said, your purpose now is to sit here and listen to me. When you're driving home, what's your purpose? Your purpose is to drive home. You're living in that moment. Oh, when you're playing with the kids, you're thinking, what's my purpose? If you just reflect and become aware, your purpose is to be playing with your kids in that moment. You're living in the now because you're not living in the future. You're not living thinking, I don't have enough money for tomorrow. I don't have enough money to pay my bills. You're living in the now that you're well taken care of and that the next step of the way, you're going to be fine. God will take care of you. Okay. So if I were you, I would encourage you. What I did is that I actually have a check that has a lot of zeros on it. I put it in my wallet and I put it in my mirror. So what I do is that I actually look at my check every morning and I imagine myself, this is what I'm going to do with my money. I see myself spending it. I see myself helping people. I see myself treating my family, right? helping the poor. And so when you start doing that, you, 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 you feel it in your heart. That's when you know it. this is real. I believe it. It's, gonna, it's, it's coming. I don't know how, right? But it's done. It's done. It's just a matter of how. How will it come? I don't know.
This is, this is something that God can give you your dreams. If you're willing to dream according to your faith, be it unto you. 